Yesterday, I'm joined by Forbes NBA writer Brian Toporet. How you doing? What's going on, Brian? How are you? Doing well. I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying this these NBA playoffs. It's, it's heating up now, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, there's a lot more uncertainty than there was a couple of days ago. I'll say that much. Definitely, injuries have got reported. I mean, the Suns. I don't think they're in trouble with playing the um playing what they're playing right now, but the Pelicans, but going forward, they will, I think Devin Brooker may miss maybe like a few games of the Mavs or the um, Utah series. They get that far or whoever they play next. But eating past that, that injury is, is a lingering injury. So they, he may, they may be a little bit of trouble if they face the Warriors, which I think they might. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, if you're the Suns, you know, Woj just reported today, like, shortly before we started recording here that Booker is out for two to three weeks. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to miss some of the next series. So if you're the Suns, you're probably hoping that Utah beats Dallas because I think, you know, if if Dallas wins that series, there's a good chance that Luka came back and helped swing it toward the Mavericks' favor. And I think without – Booker and if they have Luca, that that could be a tough series. I have just zero faith in this Jazz team. So even without Booker, I think the Suns yeah. can handle them. But yeah, if, if you know if Booker's on the longer end of that timetable, and this is most, if not all, of a Suns Mavs series, like you know the Suns were the presumptive title favorites coming into the playoffs, and now there's a real chance yes. to make it to the conference finals. Yeah, like I said, this hamstring injury it lingers. He get he get um the injury any moment because you no know, Devin Booker's explosive. He, mm-hmm. He's explosive enough to get to the lane and push off. So, and they're going to need him deep into this deep, deep, deep into these playoffs. So yeah, they they a little bit of trouble right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I would be worried if I were a Suns fan. Yeah, and as you said, Utah Utah is mainly like a um, regular season team. We saw we saw they did last year, like the they made the best record. So. And he got put out last year, and yeah, we—I don't really see them coming out of the West right now. No, it's it's just the same story every year. Their perimeter defense is so bad. Rudy Gobert is a great interior defender, but he can't cover up for all of their mistakes. I mean, Jalen Brunson was just running a layup line against them the other night, right. and then it feels like they, you know, kind of stumbled on something with Maxi Kleba at the five. He had eight threes the other night. And if you, like, we've seen this time and again against Utah, if you go five out against them and draw Gobert out of the paint, that's going to free up the rim for your guards. And he doesn't want to go out all the way to the three-point line. So Kleba's going to get, like, practice shots. And he is able to make those. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how Utah adjusts defensively going into game three. Definitely, definitely. Yes, um, thanks for joining me to get some of your business schedule. Um, talk about the time at Beach Report and at Forbes. Yeah, so I've been at VR for almost a decade now. Um, I'm part of the editing team there. So we do everything, <laughs> uh, basically any of the high-profile content that you see on the app or on the homepage and, and the okay. website. We're checking that out before before it gets out to you guys. Um, okay. Forbes. I've been out there for about three years now, I think. So I'm mostly covering the Sixers, but also some general uh, NBA salary cap stuff, like this this True Hoop report that just came out today about the NBA expansion. Uh, we'll probably be writing about. Okay. Um, talk about NBA podcast you go host. 
Yeah, so I, I um, have a podcast called the NBA Podcast with uh, Morton Jensen as my co-host. He is based out of Denmark, and we cover the entire league. We're trying to you know do it as best we can, not just be a solely Lakers or solely Knicks or solely Celtics podcast. We want to you know give some of the smaller markets some love and time in the spotlight as well. So even though the playoffs are happening now, we you know we're not going to talk a ton about. OKC, Orlando, Houston right, right. now. Uh, you know, the draft lottery is coming up. The draft is in a couple months. Free yeah. agency. So, yeah, we we cover, you know, the we're, we are not like the preeminent X's and O's podcast. I will defer to my guys, uh, Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones of the Dunker Spot for that. But we, so, we are into the, the team building side of things especially. So around the trade deadline, the draft free agency, that, that is where we can really stretch our wings. Okay. And as you said, you covered the Sixers for Forbes and the Sixers on the verge of the first sweep of the playoffs. And I gotta say shout out to the Sixers for handling this adversity they had all season with the Ben Simmons situation. They traded for Harden. That's still playing itself out. Harden isn't his old self. He's not the same player he used to be, but he's still explosive. Now like last night before y'all found out that he was he's aggressive toward the last the last phase of the game, toward the end of the game. So that's the that's the Harden they're going to need going forward. But it'll need to be that I say thirty point per game score in the next series. It potentially will be playing um the Heat. So I mean they're gonna need him along with um the great Joel MB. So the MB for that game winner last night also. That was crazy. Turn yeah. around three for the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was his first go ahead or game winning shot ever. Or like last second go ahead game winning shot. So yeah, that was that was nice. Um Look, I think Harden is still dealing with, you know, the Sixers say he's fully healthy. Uh, the hamstring is not bothering him. I I hope that's not true, honestly, right. <laughs> if, he, if he's lost his burst and that's just a result of his age and that, you know, he's going right. to probably be a free agent this summer and get a $270 million contract. So that's it's a really scary proposition if this is just right. who he is moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Raptors made some smart adjustments last night you know, they were really collapsing the paint and selling out on him as a scorer right. uh, in the first two games. And it was just leaving, like, wide-open kick-out corner threes that he is more than happy. Like, that is how he wants to beat you these days, with the pass, not with the with the score. Right. Um, so, you know, they tried more single coverage on him. Um, but, I like, he is a very smart player. So when he identifies a mismatch, he, he tried to get, you know, guys like Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent switched on to him instead of some of the Raptors' bigger wings like OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. Right. And when when those guys are switched on to him, and they can't keep up with him one-on-one. So he was more aggressive trying to attack the basket, probably figuring, like, okay, the, the help's not coming. So, that, you know, if I pass the ball, they had 14 turnovers in the first half. Like, they just right. needed someone to stop throwing the ball away over on every possession. Yeah, I think the Sixers are going to go for the sweep so they can get some rest, especially for Harden, because in case he is still having lingering issues with the hamstring. So I'm taking rest up for, potentially, like I said, the Miami Heat. And they got a whole different squad, Miami Heat, than they're playing right now. So they got, <laughs> you got Jimmy Butler coming, so they got to get ready for them guys. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be, uh, you know, assuming that happens, like no team's ever blown a 3-0 lead, but you never want right. to say never with Doc Rivers. 
and you know the Heat are up 2-0 right now. So it, yeah. it's looking like we are headed towards Sixers Heat, and like they've got. I mean, I've been saying all year they have a defense that is built for the playoffs, which. You know, Butler, yes. Lowry, Bam Adebayo, PJ yes. Tucker—it's just a bunch of switchable guys. Yeah. They also don't like Bam is great. Should have been in the was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, but they also don't have the size like Toronto to contend with Embiid one on one. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. But you know, you can switch Butler and Tucker throughout the series on Harden. So I think he's again going to have to figure out how he can make his impact felt either as a scorer or a passer. And I'll be interested to see if Miami's willing to live with those one-on-one matchups. I think they probably will be, and they probably should be. Um, and it's, it's also, I'm just like fascinated. I was trying to like think through who matches up with who today defensively. Cause I'm already, you know, like at right. this point, probably going to start writing my series preview in the next day or two. Right. Um, and I, I like, I don't know. You know, for the Sixers defensively, where do you hide Harden? Like, I don't think you want him on one of these guards, whether it's Hero, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, who's running around, flying around screen. So I almost think they might yeah. play him on you don't Tucker. Yeah, you don't want him on Robinson. You don't want that. He's constantly um, moving, as you said. He's constantly yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, you know, maybe hide him on P.J. Tucker, have Danny Green chase one of the guards, like Maxie yeah. on Lowry, but... You know, Lowry might be able to bully Maxi a little bit, so it's it's going to be really interesting to see how these two teams match up. Yeah, I think PJ Tucker would be the best option because he likes those corner threes, so he likes to in yeah. the corner a lot. So, yeah, so that that might be a good option. But Doc will put something together, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Ho- hopefully. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> he got slandered a lot this year, and a lot of it was deserving. Like we did not need a, a full month of watching DeAndre Jordan's like exhumed corpse stumbling up the court to realize that he is just completely washed at this point. But, right. you know, to Doc's credit, I think he's done a pretty good job so far in the playoffs, knock on wood, like not going with Jordan and going with Paul Reed, who he just dusted off at the very, very end of the regular season. Right. Um, you know, they, I, I looked at this earlier today because they've been busting out this lineup with Paul Reed and the four other starters. So Maxie Harden, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, that right. group t- played 10 possessions in the regular season, only 10 possessions. And now that's been one of their go-tos whenever Embiid's off the floor in this Raptor series. So right. a lot of smart adjustments. Uh, my guy Tom West at Liberty Ballers wrote a column yesterday about the Maxi Harden pick and roll that they've been running. Right. Again, it's been a, you know a really effective set for them to generate some mismatches. And I think it, it's going to be tougher against Miami because they have more size and more switchability than Toronto does. But right. you know, it, at the same time, it, it is like I don't know that 34, 35 year old Kyle Lowry has the speed to keep up with a Tyrese Maxey anymore, or right. you know, if he switches on to Harden, how that's going to go. So. Right. There, there have been some smart adjustments so far, and I, I do <laughs> selfishly hope that Doc keeps it going. I think he will. I think he will. Yeah, Joel Embiid is. I think he's at the top of the MVP conversation, especially after last night, and he's won a scoring title. Also, I mean, a lot of people got Jokic because he's been playing without Murray and PJ Porter, but I mean, not PJ Porter. I'm sorry, Porter and um. So it's 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 going to be. A, I think it's a toss up, but. I think Joel has an edge. 
based on just kind of the tenor and like the early results, I think Jokic is going to end up winning it. But I also don't think what's happening in the playoffs, like this has been the conversation ever since the playoffs started, like that this right. is somehow a reflection on Jokic being a fraudulent MVP or Embiid being the deserving MVP. Like MVP is a regular season award. If you want like a best player in the NBA award, then that's different. But MVP, there is no one set definition. His most valuable player is up to each, you know, voting member's sure. interpretation there. Right. And like I do think there's a case beyond, you know, like Jokic, first player in NBA history with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists, like led right. the league in, you know, basically every advanced metric you want. I know there are flaws with all of those, but like part of the argument, I think, you know, seeing how badly they're getting worked by this Warriors team, it's like, how did he drag this team to 48 wins without yeah. Jamal Murray the whole season with Michael Porter Jr. only playing nine games? So I, yeah. and as much as people are using this as a referendum against him, I almost think it makes his case stronger because it's like this team had no business being above 500, and it was just due to his greatness that they were. You're right. And they, 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 they're in the must-win game, and they got to win that thing, any, any chance. Yeah, have any chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're just drawing dead at this point. You know, you're down two of your three best players against a full-strength Warriors team, and, like, right. this, whatever you want to call the new death lineup or the pool party lineup with yeah. you know, Steph and Clay and Poole and Wiggins and Draymond, like, they just have absolutely no answer for it. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, I know Mike Malone, the uh, Nuggets head coach, is saying, like, defense yeah. is the problem with that. Like, we – we just need to be able to keep up scoring wise whenever that group's on the floor. So I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm just gonna say I'm excited and intrigued to see in Game Three. Like that's got to be the one of the first priorities is just figure out what you do in those minutes because they have been getting blown off the floor whenever that group's out there. Yeah, they don't have the scoring. Jokic does everything. He does. Yeah, that's that's to his advantage also. In the MVP conversation. He does everything. Scoring, yeah. passing, rebounding, he does everything. Yeah, I mean he's he's been just absolutely incredible the whole year and like he's not he is not as defensively dominant as a Joel Embiid or a Giannis Antetokounmpo, but right. he also has much less help than those guys and what he's had to do I think the creation load on offense really speaks to it. Like, you know, you only have a certain amount of energy to devote on both ends of the court and when you are creating either as a scorer or a passer pretty much every time you're going down the floor like you're not going to have as much energy to devote defensively as you know a Joel Embiid now especially with James Harden who took a lot of the creation load from him in the half court now we're seeing Embiid like he is much more locked in defensively than he was for most of the regular season definitely yeah that was um Michael Porter Jr. is trying to get out earlier that Jokic is playing without along with Jamal Murray. So, yeah, he's missing two key pieces. We saw it did in the bubble last year of the year. So, I mean, they they need they need scores. They don't have them. They're, like, on a timeline. It's going to run out soon. So, yeah. That's, that's my favorite team, so it's crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, like, we saw it before Murray got hurt last year. There was, like, a yeah. very eight-game sample size, I think, after they trade for Aaron Gordon and before Murray gets hurt. But right. in that small sample size, they looked like a legit title contender. So yeah. I'm excited to 
know, knock on wood, they will all come back healthy next year. And, you know, those those guys, plus Aaron Gordon, plus Jokic, plus Barton, like that yeah. is a really good five-man starting group. And then Bones Highland has been a revelation off the bench. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got something there. It's just, you know, you look at the landscape next year and, like, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. There are probably going to be 10 teams that go into next season thinking, like, we are going to win the NBA championship. Like, this might be one of the most loaded win-now seasons in recent memory. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Will Barton reminds me of um, J.R. Smith when he was on Denver Nuggets because he, he's a tricky shooter. If he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's off. It's either, it's either one or in between. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In between. Yeah, no, I mean, but, like, as you're, you know, he he's overextended now because he has to be their number two yeah. option on offense, but, like, next year he'll be their number four at best and that he will be much more at home in that role. Right, right, like a six-man role, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the news broke. Ben Simmons is starting in game four, which may be an elimination game. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen Kevin Durant shoot as bad as he did last night. Curry went off in game one, game two, we could go. Well, shout out to the Dawson Celtics defense. They had them both locked down. Definitely what he did. Yeah, I mean, uh, their game plan against KD has been sensational. And, yes. you know, I think <laughs> I, I'm chuckling at the thought of Ben Simmons returning. You know, he hasn't played since. Obviously, last year, uh, game seven against the Hawks, where he had a giant meltdown. So right. he's just such a hard player to build around because of his strengths and weaknesses. Like, he, he'll be a huge asset, in theory, if he's healthy defensively as a playmaker right. in transition. But in half-court offensive sets, if the spacing is already a concern and the Celtics are already double-teaming KD basically, like, before he can even catch the ball, Right. They're going to ignore Ben Simmons. There is no – unless – I mean, you'll hide him in the dunker spot, sure. But, like, you know, I think they're going to largely ignore him because they've had a pretty good track record against him in the past, too. Right. Yeah, and he's coming back at, at the right wrong time because he's he's been thrown right into the middle of a playoff, playoff series where he's going to be forced to shoot. He's not going to have time to think about, should I shoot this three or should I pass it? Like he's, going, he's, he's going to be on go from the beginning. Like, he, he's not going to have time to think about it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It, just, it, it feels like I understand why they're doing it, because, like, you know, they're going to be desperate regardless of whether yeah. they're going to lose game three. But I just cannot think of a worse situation, especially if it's an elimination game. Like, what? Yeah. There's almost no upside. Like, you're, you're not going to win four straight, I don't think. And, like, <laughs> there's a decent chance that, this guy who's been dealing with mental issues, like surrounding his performance at basketball games, right. like if the Celtics just completely embarrass him in Game Four, that is not the way you want to head into the summer if you're Ben Simmons. Right, I was about to say, will they specifically target him and put mm-hmm. Jason, Mason or Jason, Jason, Jason Tatum gets a switch onto him every time to test him sure he's that mentally, and Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum gets hot as he's been, and he starts cooking him. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to fall back? And you can tell if you play tentative or not. You'd be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a task. But yeah, hey, yeah. that's what they get paid for. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> definitely, definitely. As you mentioned earlier, these NBA playoffs have been good. There's a lot of series that's going the way we think it's supposed to go, and there's a lot that's hitting up right now. So I, I'm I'm anxious for this Memphis Grizzlies game and um Timberwolves game tonight. 
that's going to be like a must win for somebody, I think. Because the Timberwolves get the steam and get get that confidence, they're up 2 1 and have another get another home game behind that one. They could definitely try to put their foot on the neck of the Timberwolves. But, I mean, of the, of the um, Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, made a bunch of smart adjustments in game two, some of which might have been his hand was forced. Like, Steven Adams was just – this is just not the series for him. Yeah, liability, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, he picks up two quick fouls, I think, in the first three minutes of game two, and then he goes – and we start seeing Brandon Clark out there. He dusts off uh, Xavier Tillman, who was great. He had some Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five lineups, which, you know, like in theory, that is the right guy to go. He, like he can match up against Towns on the perimeter. Right. You know, he is foul prone. So I think that's going to be like Minnesota adjustment. We'll just try to be get this guy in early foul trouble, and then we'll see you know, do, can they really rely on Clark and Tillman as their primary bigs. But, right. yeah, th- I I mean, I had this series circled as, like, the, the o- it's one that only, like, hardcore NBA fans will care about. Like, I thought it was guaranteed to be the NBA TV series of the first round. But right. it, it, on paper, it was going to be, like, the second or third best series. And so far, it's living up to that. Definitely. Two young teams with gifted players all around the floor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Brian, thank you so much for your time, man. We've got to do this again. I'll be sick out in the future see how the pictures are doing a couple rounds from now. Definitely. Of course, yeah. Anytime. Definitely. The rest of your day. All right, you too. Sure. Yeah, that was Forbes NBA writer Brian Topo. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time. Cool.